These days, medical treatment decisions often rely on genetics and biomarkers. Are we entering the age of personalized medicine? You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing current therapies for new uses. And my guest is Dr. Jeff Settleman, Director, Center for Molecular Therapeutics and Professor of Medicine, Massachusetts General Hospital Cancer Center in Boston. Dr. Settleman and I are discussing the increased role of genetics and biomarkers in treatment decisions. Dr. Settleman, welcome to ReachMD. Thanks. Nice to be here. We hear a lot about biomarkers in cancer. What does that really mean? Well, what we're talking about is, in most cases, we, we want to find either a protein or a genomic feature of a tumor cell that allows us to assess some aspect of it that might relate to the treatment outcome, the disease progression, the prognosis, et cetera, something we can use to guide clinical decisions. And are these biomarkers only resident in the cancer cells, or might we find them elsewhere in the body? Well, we're looking for them elsewhere, and in essentially any bodily fluid, such as blood, urine, stool, uh, we're looking with increasingly sensitive technologies to find biomarkers that might be playing a role in predicting uh, cancer outcomes. So how do you find those biomarkers? Well, some of the new technologies involve, for example, high-throughput proteomic approaches. There are methods uh, being developed now to look at serum for essentially all the proteins that are uh, comprised in serum. And one could hope or imagine that comparing a normal individual serum with the serum from patients with cancer, that we might find specific proteins whose presence is indicative of a tumor. And that kind of information obviously would have great value, for example, in the context of early detection, where you have a, essentially a non-invasive, simple test to find patients that may be expressing some kind of tumor cell. And so you could also use these uh, biomarkers to monitor the course of treatment. Uh, so, for example, uh, if a patient undergoing treatment for a tumor is shedding some kind of biomarker into their blood, blood samples taken periodically during treatment might be able to be used to monitor the uh, course of the disease or the response to treatment. So in, in men, is a PSA level sort of a biomarker? Is that what we're talking about? Absolutely. The kind of biomarkers that we're probably all familiar with are things like PSA, just as a um, routine diagnostic for uh, the presence of prostate tumor cells. Uh, other biomarkers that have been around for a while would be, for example, estrogen receptor in the context of breast cancer, uh, or an amplified HER2 gene, which uh, can be used to guide treatment decisions. So there are some biomarkers out there currently being used uh, now. So you mentioned them maybe for helpfulness in early diagnosis and also in looking at how treatment's working. Are they also potential targets? Sure. And I think in the cases of, for example, estrogen receptor in breast cancer and HER2 amplification in breast cancer, these certainly uh, have revealed themselves as important therapeutic targets as well. In the general population, how do you verify that something is, in fact, a biomarker for cancer? Well, I think you need to sample a fairly large number of individuals to develop some statistical data that supports the hypothesis for any, any particular biomarker. And I think that's where one of the challenges comes in, because we may find that there are biomarkers that are only present in a small fraction of, for example, prostate cancers. They may be telling us about a 
specific subtype of prostate cancer, but the fact is we couldn't we couldn't use that particular marker to di- to diagnose all prostate cancers. So biomarkers may have value initially in assessing a, a disease state or determining a disease state, but they may be also uh, useful in subclassifying patients for for treatment or uh, much in the same way that we use standard histology to classify tumors uh, by looking at tissue under a microscope. So how good would a biomarker have to be for physicians and clinicians and researchers to really depend on it? That's an important question, and I think it's one that gets actively debated because some individuals may want to know that they're at, for example, a twofold risk of developing a particular tumor because they have a particular biomarker. But for others, there may be the perspective that that information doesn't really add any significant value. So I think it, we would all agree probably that the more frequent the biomarker is and can be correlated with a particular disease state or treatment outcome, it obviously becomes more meaningful. So our best biomarkers will be the, one that, the ones that are extremely well correlated with some aspect of uh, diagnosis or treatment response. And how close are we to finding new biomarkers for a lot of the cancers that are prevalent in society? Well, I think uh, we're hearing about and reading about every day now new biomarkers. A lot of that information comes out of the increasing use of things like um, gene expression array profiling uh, and CGH SNP array profiling of genomic data and the use of high-throughput proteomics as well. So we're certainly seeing in the literature a lot more evidence of biomarkers becoming uh, prevalent in cancer research. And it'll be some time, there'll be some lag time before a lot of that information gets used clinically to guide uh, treatment, but we're starting to see the beginnings of that for sure. And of course, we've already seen uh, the first example now of a um, gene expression signature being used to uh, predict outcomes in breast cancer And so I think those kinds of things uh, we'll see more and more of as as we go forward. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I am speaking with Dr. Jeff Settleman of the Massachusetts General Hospital Cancer Center about genetics and biomarkers. So you've mentioned high-throughput screening. Take us behind the scenes and tell us, what does that really look like in the lab? What are you doing? Well, for example, if we uh, took 20 prostate tumors and 20 normal prostate tissue samples and we compared them for gene expression profiles, uh, we might find some interesting signature uh, within the tumor cell that would allow us to determine initially that it is, in fact, a tumor uh, as opposed to a normal prostate sample. And two, if we could ultimately correlate that with response to treatment or disease prognosis, then we might have something that could be used predictively to uh, assess patient outcomes. And that would be one type of example. We could do the same thing by collecting serum from patients, uh, normal individuals and patients with a particular disease, and again, looking uh, initially retrospectively at whether there were any correlations between specific markers and disease outcome or treatment outcome. And then we would want to test those things prospectively by essentially uh, using information that we learned from the retrospective study and then trying to predict outcomes and predict the best ways to stratify patients. 
So are you just sort of grinding up tissue in the lab and then squeezing all the proteins out and comparing them side by side and seeing if there's one or two that stick out that are only in the cancer sample but not in the normal sample? Yeah, there's certainly a lot of that being done, just grinding up tissues and and looking at essentially the proteomic uh, profile, looking at the gene expression profile, perhaps looking for a specific gene amplification event. There are a number of different types of biomarkers that we can use, both at the protein and genomic level. So I think there's really a rich environment within the tumor cell. As we get better at extracting that information, there will certainly be uh, a rapid expansion in the, uh, the number of biomarkers that we have to work with. So when we find one of these biomarkers, do we expect that every cancer cell in the body has this biomarker and we can use it to target therapeutics to those? That's an unknown, I would say, at this point. Um, I think that biomarkers could vary among within an individual among multiple tumor sites, for example, and uh, reflecting the potential heterogeneity that exists within an individual patient. Uh, and that, of course, complicates matters. The hope, of course, is to find some biomarkers that are consistently uh, expressed in an individual throughout all their tumor cells and that those can be reliably used to predict the course of the tumor and perhaps uh, guide its the optimal treatment. What's your confidence level that we're going to be able to tease out biomarkers that are really going to be helpful in cancer diagnosis and therapy? Well, I think we're already seeing some good examples, and we have to assume that uh, this will get better. I'm optimistic. I mean, given the technologies that are being used these days to find new biomarkers and to apply them uh, clinically in prospective studies in which uh, treatment decisions are made on the basis of particular biomarkers, I think those things are are all looking quite promising. I mean, one of the things that uh, we're very interested in doing here at the MGH is stratifying patients, cancer patients with a particular genotype and treating them accordingly, uh, prospectively. That is, uh, we stratify patients whose tumors exhibit a particular biomarker before we begin treatment, and we do this in the hope of optimizing our uh, clinical success with, uh, within uh, individuals. Essentially, we're talking about personalizing uh, medical oncology here. So for the patients that we're treating right now, how successful are we being at stratifying them and doing this personalized medicine? Well, we're really in the early days of, of that approach. I mean, traditionally, uh, medical oncology has been a disease-focused uh, discipline where Breast cancer patients get treated with a certain standard of care, colon cancer patients with another standard of care. Uh, And so we typically break down treatment along those kinds of lines of uh, histologic classification of tumors and tissue types, et cetera. But what we're really talking about is a new discipline in which we stratify patients, not necessarily on the basis of histology, but rather on the basis of specific genetic lesions or biomarkers, and we treat them accordingly. That really can change the landscape for medical oncology. It, of course, raises some important issues regarding uh, some of the practical aspects of how we deliver uh, clinical care to uh, cancer patients and based on what we've been doing historically, and we're talking about changing that in a big way. But I think that's probably what we're going to see a lot more of in the near future. So as I'm listening to you, in my head I'm seeing the old way was to stratify people from stage one to stage four, and now you're saying... We might have a stage one patient whose biomarkers say this is going to be a very difficult cancer to treat, or a stage four patient who has some biomarkers that say we have drugs that probably will take care of this for you. 
That's right. I think another way to look at this is that uh, we may see a diminished role for classical histology-based pathology in guiding uh, cancer treatment and treatment decisions. So in other words, the idea of looking through the microscope at a, at a piece of tissue on a slide and assessing uh, the state of the disease and making treatment decisions on that basis may be replaced by extracting this rich information in terms of biomarkers and genetic information from, from that same uh, tumor sample and essentially using that to guide treatment decisions. And they may not obey the histology uh, boundaries that we've used traditionally. New cancer drugs are on the drawing board in the test labs all over the world. One promising category is molecular-targeted therapeutics, and biomarkers will help us target those drugs to the offending cells. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Jeff Settleman, for helping us to understand why these therapies might cure cancer. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.